Hi, I'm Patrick Wright. And I'm Sean Slattery. And this is the MF and Block Podcast. Every two weeks, we'll be bringing you a fresh new episode. Just honest conversations. With people just like yourself. So please like us, follow us. Subscribe to us on Instagram at MF and Block Podcast. And on Twitter at MF and Thanks for listening. So what's up, Pat? How you been? Good, man. Good working. Uh, well, last week I had a couple, uh, well, one extra day off. So that was nice. Oh. I needed a Saturday off. That sounds nice. Did you do anything fun? Hung out with the kids all day. Nice. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. What about yourself, man? Oh, uh, just, <laughs> just speaking of things we've been up to, <laughs> uh, I gave my uh, push mower a whole tune-up today. Nice. Uh, and that thing is uh, humming along did like the, a new one. Did the oil change and uh, air filter? Yeah, oil change, air filter, new blade. New blade. Spark plug. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. <laughs> I call it a sling blade. I call it a sling blade. Nice, man. It started right up. First first pull, man. Ooh. First pull, fired right up. That's the type of shit that I do like. That's <laughs> what about yourself, man? How you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been good. I'm still unemployed, trying to get this. <laughs> did you that. finally get that? Did you get through to them? Uh, I did, but I don't know if it's right yet. I still haven't gotten paid. It's going on a month now, so that's fun. It's fun. You'll 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 get it. Yeah. Good thing I'm. You know, I was. I'm loaded right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. But that's, it's been good, though. I've been enjoying the time off, honestly. <laughs> what have you <laughs> needed, been doing? Need a little break. What have you been doing with the free time? Um, watching some movies that we might talk about here in a little bit and uh, doing some work around the house, a little bit of painting. Since we've started this podcast. Selling cars. <laughs> you did sell a car. Building sheds. The shed looked nice. The shed turned out really well. It looks like the wind's not going to blow it down. It's not. It's good. It's a solid, solid shed, for sure. But that's that's really about it, man. I don't know. That's nothing new. Just hanging out, not really going out in public. Sorry. I Still. Yeah, groceries and some beer every once in a while. That's about it. Yeah. Well, we've had our groceries delivered, so. Yeah. And I work at a liquor store, so I just take things home from there. That's pretty handy. Yeah, it's handy for friends that may drink a lot, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sure is. I think I do know what you mean. That's that shit I do like. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. <laughs> no more late fees. No more late fees. So this week I watched On Deadly Ground, Steven Seagal flick. <laughs> Apparently it's one of the first, uh, one of his first that he directed, I believe. I figured, I just figured he directed all of his movies, honestly. So this 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 time around, both of us happened to watch both of these movies together. We both watched Ronan together. Yeah. And uh, just the other night, we we watched On Deadly. Was that last night? You you kind of you might have. I think you passed out. <laughs> that happened <laughs> a little bit on that Ronan one. Yeah, just I did. Right at the end, I did. So uh, On Deadly Ground, Steven Seagal, Michael Caine. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, interestingly enough, is in this movie as well. What's what was really weird though, because I'd even pointed it out to you, because I'd watched it once before, and I was like, I can't spot him. <laughs> like, yeah, it, he was he was hard to he was hard to spot, hard to kill. Like it was like right you know. at the right right towards the end is where you really picked up who he was. Yeah, uh, but like the opening. So this movie on multiple occasions has been mentioned as possibly the worst action movie of the 1990s in general. The whole decade, this is supposed to be one of the worst, which there are some really weird parts in this movie. <laughs> it definitely gets a little weird, I, I, but I wouldn't call it the worst. I'm sure it's they're... It's not the worst. I'm like sure. we've said when we were watching it, there's some Hulk Hogan movies that are definitely worse than this. Yeah, yeah. But the, the opening scenes, it was like beautiful mountain landscapes. Uh, kind of reminded me, there was the, 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 the IMAX movie... Uh, the Alps, where the the guy climbed the same mountain face that he watched his father fall and die from. Yeah, but it kind of reminded me of some of those views, and it was just beautiful. And then there's a helicopter that flies through the scene and lands. Steven Seagal jumps out immediately. He is into some sort of jumpsuit and he is extinguishing an oil rig fire 
all on his lonesome. He's he's pretty handy. Oh man, he's a a man of men. He is a man <laughs> of men. <laughs> he can really do it all. And one thing that kept coming back to me throughout the whole movie, because uh, Michael Caine makes an appearance quite often, uh, but who doesn't love hearing Michael Caine talk in a movie? Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's great, it's especially like, it's like, like an hearing... espionage or uh, yeah, spy movie. Like he just sounds so smart. Yeah, action even, movie. Even though whatever he's saying may be real shitty. <laughs> he just sounds intelligent. It's like, uh, uh, I mean, any other, any of your other great voices out there. Sean Connery, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, was he, he was um, Alfred, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, one of the weird scenes in this, this movie, uh, Steven Seagal... He, there's an uh, assassination attempt on him, and somehow he survives it. Or a, I guess just a hit, not necessarily an assassination. But uh, there was definitely... Pretty popular. There's definitely a hit on him. Uh, he survives and then uh, escapes and goes to live with these Eskimos. And So this whole movie, it, it's in Alaska, and it's about oil rigs and government contracts and... Uh, it's really it's really crazy because it, it ends with that huge PSA about <laughs> it does it uh, was actually like sponsored what was it like sponsored by or like they they did something for like there was a lot Native of money American group yeah yeah, yeah yeah but it was like a PSA for I'm not sure I wasn't paying that much attention we'll what was to, it for we'll have to watch it a third time <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, that's horrible. One of the weird, <laughs> one of the weird scenes was when he had survived this this hit, uh, and then the Eskimos had found him uh, near the rubble where the this building was smoking, and he lived with him for a while. And one night, like he woke up and tried to leave, and uh, all the dogs that pulled the sleds attacked him, and I don't know what that represents. That was a really weird scene. <laughs> he was just trying to leave, and then the dogs attacked him, and then like the chief. Guy came out and was like, "What do you say?" He said, "If you're uh, if you're good enough to steal, to steal." Because I I guess they thought, or maybe he was going to steal one of the sleds and the dogs. Uh, however, he said, "If you're good enough to steal, you're good enough to make this journey." And then they go off like all uh, everybody. There's it's like, like a the whole chief group. and his daughter, and then they have this like huge spiritual. Uh, Little thing, because remember when he touches the feather to his forehead and yeah. he like trips out he into trips. another world. Yeah, yeah, it's a wild, wild story. But then uh, the action, <laughs> but then the action comes right back because the chief's daughter and and Steven Seagal go to that rig and fuck shit up. Yeah, they fuck everything up. Yeah, they blow. They they, just, they really blow it all up. But I don't think that's not the worst. That's not the worst of of the nineties. Not even close. No, there was definitely worse because it had really good like uh, cinematography in it. It actually did, and it wasn't lazy acting either. It wasn't, yeah, not too lazy. I mean, not too lazy. That video we watched the other day of uh, Steven. I wouldn't Seagal. call it fantastic or anything, but like you know, it was okay. It was decent. That thing with the the it was video we watched. Most. The video we watched the other day of the dudes reviewing the was, Steven yeah, Seagal yeah. movies. And uh, come town. that really that really bad one that they showed where he was like lazily pointing the gun at the door, <laughs> like it wasn't that bad, yeah. you know what I mean? So Ronan, we watched. I watched part of Ronan with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Honestly, um, it has some of the best car chase scenes in it ever. It was definitely a, a rewatch. I've seen it probably I don't know. Shout out to Bobby D. 15, 20 times. Yeah. Uh, De Niro's in it, <laughs> for sure. What's your favorite De Niro flick? Probably, yeah, yeah, Casino. Casino's I amazing. Was, yeah, that's that's one of that's Casino's hands down up there. I'm I'm also dude. I'm throwing his role in The Irishman way up there, dude. That's a really good one too. There's so many. I I love all his work, really. Even uh, you know, Meet the Fockers and that was funny stuff. They were funny stuff. It was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I would like to meet him. Actually, it'd be really cool. Just he seems like he'd be really cool and laid back. Yeah, he'd probably just tell you to fuck off, honestly. But I mean, and I'd be cool with that too. I just would like that. Yeah, please just tell me. To fuck off. It's, cool. <laughs> it's like if Samuel Samuel Jackson <laughs> called you a motherfucker. So uh, Ronan is. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's interesting. 
Uh, it does have some of the best car chase scenes in it. A lot of uh, now this is action movie before Audi. CGI. Yeah, like yeah. this wasn't CGI. The race scenes weren't CGI. No, it was all real. Definitely, and real some, driving. Some cool uh, German cars in it. Um, some of the coolest I've seen in a while. Those car, the car chase scenes, and this is coming from a guy like I. I don't seek out movies with car chases. Yeah, but if it's in the movie and it's pretty dope. Oh yeah, and I'm so down. this is uh, director uh, John Frankenheimer, who also made Grand Prix. Oh, nice! In yeah, yeah. Six with yeah, and uh, Reindeer Games, and also French Connection Two, which is I don't think was nearly as big of a hit <laughs> as French Connection One. I don't believe it was. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a second, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. Just it's just called French Connection, but <laughs> uh, it's. I recommend it. I highly recommend it. Check out really cool action sequences. It's a little tough to follow. <laughs> Some of the story gets a little convoluted, but it's a cool, cool flick. There's always a lot of twists and turns, like that, uh, the movie Heist. Yeah. Which there's several movies like the Heist. There's like four movies named the Heist, and then there's like two different movies I think called Heist. Definitely, and yeah, I'm sure there's more. But they're all they're all twisted like that. It's just like Mission Impossible. Like if you got up and went to the bathroom in the middle of Mission Impossible, you'd be like, "Why is he hanging from a rope through a vent in this room? What's going on with the sweat? He's sweating. Is it gonna hit the floor? <laughs> does it matter? Oh, I guess it does. <laughs> so it's all it's it's kind of it's kind of like that for me with what I did see of Ronan before I went to sleep. Yeah, you saw most of it. It's those endings, those endings. And my son, my son gets that from me because before the credits roll, he says, can we watch this again? There's a, so there's a case, and they're trying to like hijack this case, and they never tell you what's in the motherfucking case. Ever? Like even at the end, they don't? Uh, you'll have to watch and find out. It was like I'm just in, kidding. No, they don't. It's, it's, it was like Har- from Harley Davidson. 1998. It's, you should watch it by now. Well, it's like Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man, when they robbed that armored truck, <laughs> and they thought it was going to be cash, but it was like... Uh, clear crystal blue. Yeah, the new drug. Yeah, no. It's, I don't they show the the case opening and just kind of like a a glowing light coming from it. I don't know. No, no fucking way. Know, you found the pot of gold, you bitch. Apparently, there's a term for someone who gets turned on by intellectual stuff. So I like to keep up on some tech stuff. Do you? <laughs> Do you like it? Do you like it? Like it? Do you? Would you put it in your trunk? <laughs> no. No. So I did look up uh, an article today, and I found it really, really... Well, it wasn't that I looked it up. Our friend Zach shared it on Facebook, and I looked into it because I was like, holy shit. Uh, the, the headline basically read that all the calcium that's in your bones and your teeth uh, come from... Just in mine? All of oh, ours. Not just my not bones just and you. teeth. It my was bad. not about um, Sean. The article... The article did not say Sean. I thought you were talking about me. My bad. <laughs> but all people, the calcium in your bones and your teeth likely come from... That was a big pour. That was a big pour. <laughs> <laughs> likely come from explosions, star explosions, uh, supernovas. and That's pretty crazy. So just like a, a major supernova at some point in time was just all calcium. Yeah, yeah. Like, are we talking 2% so the, vitamin D? Here's the thing. <laughs> Skim. This study states that half the calcium in the universe likely came from supernovas. Famed astronomer Carl Sagan once said, we are truly made of star stuff. We really are. Really made of it. But the explosion in the merging of stars, is a, it's also known to create elements such as uh, gold and platinum, uh, which was... Uh, that was beyond me. I wasn't. I had no idea that that was a thing. Uh, but this whole the thing of them discovering the calcium in these supernovas and uh, these explosions. Uh, Joel Shepard, he observed an odd orange dot in a photo he took on a telescope back in April of 2019. Uh, it was in a spiral galaxy, Messier 100, some 55 million light years away. So it's, it's dang. That's it's really really wild. Uh, but NASA got involved as well as several colleges and even a lot of universities were turned down uh, to even help figure this out. So I guess maybe they didn't know what it was. Maybe they were trying to keep it a little secret until they figured out what it was. Uh, but with the use of x-ray imaging and UV light tests, 
uh, NASA was able to confirm that this, this bright orange dot in these telescope photos uh, was indeed calcium. And as far as astronomy goes right now, the end thing is if you notice supernovas to watch them immediately. Like if you can catch them within the hour, that's where people are really, really trying to watch these just to see who knows what the hell they'll see. I mean, s s some people say that these are w what create black holes and maybe somebody will come from another galaxy straight through. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we talked about aliens. Who knows? I mean, I'm a fan of black holes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, didn't I didn't know <laughs> that. <laughs> you mean to tell me there's cows in outer space making all this calcium? <laughs> Milking the tea. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Heaven Hill Six Year, the green label. <laughs> Whole lot of green tonight. Do you, do you have a tech thing? Uh, really, I just wanted to talk about the... Um, The SpaceX launch of the uh, prototype of one of the shuttles that is meant for transporting people oh, and yeah, supplies yeah. Yeah. to Mars, which just means it is one step forward in my mission to get off of <laughs> to this get the fucking fu planet. <laughs> to get the fuck out of here. I got to get out of here. All right. So I know you've looked into it. How long would it take to fly to Mars on this on his commercial jet? Would it take years? It would take months. But yeah, I don't know. I think you could... Seven months. Seven months. That's what I was kind of thinking. It would take seven months. Yeah. Because both Mars and Earth's orbits are not perfectly circular. It would take six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. And with problems... I, I was thinking six. With problems, it could take up to a year. Oh, with problems? Yeah, like, if you like got propulsion a, problems. If you got a spacewalk and fix a panel. Yeah, they're gonna go to Mars. Deliver, We're, I'm going. Deliver us the moon. I'm going to Mars. I'm getting the fuck. So here's the thing. So if you took a commercial flight to Mars, and I know you'd be the dude that would run off and try to hide and like survive in whatever uh, living facilities that are there for astronauts. Hey, I'm there for the alien strippers, and that is it. <laughs> How do you tip them? <laughs> so it, here's the deal. If you fly commercially to Mars, what do you do when you get there? Party. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone's uh, doing right now in you, the U.S. That's, that's exactly what everyone in the U.S. is doing right now when they're flying to Florida during a pandemic. No, you got to help. You got to help build the civilization. I mean, that's what you're. It's a commercial flight, though. Like they're not going there to work. Yeah, no, you have to work when you get there. There's no freeloading on Mars, man. Mars is a totally different yeah. ball game. It's about working and procreation. Elon Musk, Elon Musk <laughs> does not fuck around. No corners, no corners are cut on Mars. I don't really want kids, but I'll uh, birth the first. Not me, birth. Uh, I'll I'll be alright with my kids. The first kid on Mars, though. Would they be a Martian? Yes. <laughs> It'd be my favorite Martian. Because <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Did you know, Pat, uh, that honey never <laughs> expires? Um, no. Like, you can eat honey. You can eat old-ass honey. Like, I have heard that if it looks like it starts to separate or get cloudy, all you have to do is kind of heat it up, and it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I've always heard the older the honey, the sweeter the juice. Is that true? I'm not real sure. <laughs> I can't comment on that. But, you, no, it doesn't expire. Like, you can just eat old honey, as long as it's, like, in a container, I think. Like, you know, it might be a little sticky. It might be a little Did sticky. you also know, did you know that um, dead people can get goosebumps? Yeah. It has just something to do with the muscle, like rigor mortis and the contraction of muscles that actually give them goosebumps and they can get it after they're dead. That's so creepy. That is creepy. That makes being dead way creepier. Yeah. Because like you're not, because like your fingernails are still growing. One time I had to bury a cat, uh, rest in peace, Cubby, 
And it got the goosebumps. <laughs> no, I it didn't. It got the goosebumps. I didn't check it for goosebumps, but I was burying <laughs> it and I pushed down a little bit, you know, on with through a little dirt in there and it would let out a meow. Oh man. Ouch. And that was rough. That that sucked. So to turn that right back around. Yeah, it's happy times. Uh so there Rest were in peace, Cubby. There were bones found at Seymour Island that indicate 37 to 40 million years ago, penguins stood as tall as six feet and weighed up to 250 pounds. Oh, I saw that. The giant penguins, they're huge. Oh, man. Man Man-sized penguins. Six feet, 250. Penguins. Yeah, football players smaller than that. Yeah, they could play for the penguins. That's wild, man. Also, just staying on the birds... Uh, ravens in captivity. If you just have a whole bunch of ravens around one another, uh, especially around people as well, can learn to talk better than parrots do as far as mimicking. Ravens are smart as hell. I didn't know this. Yeah, they are super smart. I they can solve that. very complex puzzles, like multi-layered puzzles. They can, f- they can figure that shit out. That's crazy. Yeah. It's dope as shit, man. I would like to have one. I kind of would just, if I could have one that like would just fly around and land on my shoulder. <laughs> would you wear a long black trench coat? No, man, I don't need to be dark to like ravens. Come on. I mean, I'd have the hair in front of my eyes, of course. But, <laughs> and you know, if it was cold, I'd wear a trench coat or whatever. Yeah, if it was even going to be breezy. It might be a little breezy. Uh, we're going to have my buddy. I'm going to introduce him as Rideout. <laughs> That's how I was introduced to him. Uh, you can certainly give your give yourself a proper introduction if you, you want to be uh, known otherwise. Uh, but I, I met you when you started the Sensi Shooters Instagram page. Uh, we definitely worked together and kind of helped push each other. And uh, that's one of the first things that I would like to get into. But uh, let, let us know about yourself. Tell us, tell us who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, thank you, man. Uh, Rideout is perfectly fine. Uh, Lewis Rideout, full name. Uh, call me Rideout or Rideout, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they know uh, I'm a photographer, uh, a bit, uh, a bit curator, uh, sometimes host, part-time rapper. <laughs> That's about it. So I, I did want to talk to you about photography for sure. Yeah. Um, like, what, what got you into photography? When did you start? When when did you start capturing images? Because your photography is awesome, by the way. If anyone, if anyone's unaware, you got to check this dude out because your shit's awesome. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, man, I, you know, funny thing about it is, is um, I have pretty. I mean, honestly, like as long as I can like really remember like I kind of like I remember having a camera like my own you know little film camera when I was a young kid and like my dad always had you know like nice cameras I didn't realize at the time that they were nice but like my dad always had like nice cameras and and video cameras and stuff like that so he was like always documenting things you know family stuff and everything and like it just always you know I watched my dad do it all the time so it just always seemed like I don't even I want to even know if necessarily well yeah it was definitely important because you know like the photo books and the family videos and all that kind of stuff was a real big deal for my family so like it just always seemed like an important thing so it was just something that I just did and never really thought too much about it from a like professional standpoint. It was just like something that I like to do and I thought it was important to document, you know, document things. Um, so like I started when I was a kid, but like, I mean, I didn't really start taking it seriously in, in any capacity, even amateur photography, like where I wouldn't start like paying attention to like the art of it until I was probably in coming out of college. So with the Sensei Shooters, that that was you and your wife that started that page. No, it was just me. Just you. So what what uh, what was behind? What motivated you to want to do that? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, in short, like because you've been I, able you know, to expose some really really good photographers on your page. Like even if just shot yeah. from a cell, like you've featured some of mine and my wife's uh, photos on there. 
And like, even if it's just yeah. shot from a cell phone, if it's a good picture, it's a good picture. But it's it, you've been able yeah. to expose a lot of really cool people that people may be unaware of. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, you know, that was, you know, that was part of it. Like, I mean, essentially, like, I've kind of just always come from, from a place, you know, just personally where I'm like, if I don't see, if I don't see what I want or what I'm looking for, I guess, you know, like, I'll, I'll try my best to make it, <laughs> you know? So like, so when I was like, get it, when I started moving into the direction of like, yo, I want to get more into photography you know, I was looking on Instagram and like Cincinnati just didn't have like a very strong presence on Instagram, you know, like, you know, obviously people from Cincinnati are on Instagram, but like, you know, just like Cincinnati, like didn't have, you know, like, you know, it could be anything like, you know, there could be a, you know, a dope, you know, a concert or something like that, you know, like whatever, you know, Kendrick Lamar could come through town. And then, like, you know, that night after the concert's over, you know, you, like, search Kendrick Lamar on, like, Instagram or something like that, and there's, like, literally, like, three pictures from the concert. <laughs> and, it, and it's usually just fans. Like, it would just typically right. be fans that happen to take right. pictures. Right. And that's, but even, but even in that, that's what I'm talking about, where it's just, like, I wasn't even, yeah, I wasn't finding photographers, I wasn't finding people, it was just, like, man, I'm, like, where is the Cincinnati Instagram photographer community um, and so like at the time, like, I don't know if you're familiar, you should probably are familiar with, um, IG or Cincinnati, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at the time, IG or Cincinnati was not really active. Like it was an account that existed, but they weren't really doing anything. So I like looked around and I was just like, looked around as much as I could, you know, on Instagram. And I was like, I didn't find anything from Cincinnati. So I was like, all right, I'll just start, I'll start a, a try and start a group myself. And, you know, that was the keyword was try. You built a really nice page up. there, like that. I mean, the, yeah. Like, there's a sense of community. Like, you guys have had like tons of little events uh, where you've gotten together to take photos uh, in the same park yeah. or the same location, wherever it may yeah. be. Yeah, and uh, that was really the point. Honestly, that was really the that was really the point was just to, like not was to like kind of when you were saying like even cell phone photos being featured on there. Like to me, it was you know really has was has been about you know the building community and empowering everybody to take photography not about i mean uh, to take photos you know not about being elite and being the gatekeeper of the page the only thing that matters to me about the page is that you know there's equal representation on the page and that um you know that that good work goes up i don't care like i said if it's a cell phone or if it's not the point is you know everybody's qualified well and it's cool too because you see some pages that, that do focus on sharing other people's content uh, mm -hmm. However, they typically will only share posts from pages that already have thousands of followers and thousands of likes. And that, yeah, and yeah, that right, is not, right. that is not the case with Cincy Shooters because I am not one of those yeah, people with yeah. thousands of followers, and yeah, uh, and it's, prob it's probably it's not just because we're boys, <laughs> because because no, I mean, I've like I've tagged I've tagged Cincy Shooters in pictures before that didn't get reposted and it is it probably to be honest it wasn't that great of a picture i just did it to show you some love yeah right right i appreciate <laughs> it uh so I, I i got one more question about the photography and then we're going to move on because i definitely have some uh not more important just other things to talk about uh yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, with with photography and because it's obviously a huge part of your life with photography uh, like, wh what do you want to get out of photography for yourself and, and for others? And it's a positive, selfish thing, but what is it? What is it photography yeah. brings you? And especially wrapping this back around to how you said you're, you kind of got it from your father as far as documenting things. What is it that yeah. you want out of what you do with your camera? And what is it that you want for others from what you do with your yeah, camera? It's a good question. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's probably a heavy question. It's loaded as shit, me, and like, I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. hope that doesn't cause no, any anxiety right now whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. No, you're good. I mean, uh, let me see. I guess well, I'll start just by saying that, like, you know, in the sense of what I was like talking about, like my dad and like his camera and X, Y, and Z, like. Another thing that I've been telling people recently that like I'm, you know, kind of that I'm reconnecting, making connection with is that like my dad was really involved in, in civil rights himself, protests, sit-ins, marches, all that stuff. 
And um, he would tell me these stories when I was a kid about, you know, the stuff that he was doing as a teenager, getting beat with batons and X, Y, and Z. And um, he, you know, and he was like, I just get up and do it again. And, you know, he told me he protested for 134 days straight, like he, while his mother was telling him that he better not be in the streets protesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you know, but like, but then, you know, but also when you're growing up, we've all seen like the photos of the civil rights era. And like, you know, I always tell people, I was like, that was really big for me because like when you have your father, like actually telling you firsthand accounts of this time period, it still can seem like, especially because of the way we're taught it, it can seem like, you know, like, like your dad's talking about Paul Bunyan or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But second, like secondhand stories have, are never as, uh, entertaining. Like, right. They, like, let's right. be honest, but the best, the best books are autobiographies. So there's that. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's mostly what I read. But like, yeah, this you know, I mean, so like, so you know, it, when when I when I seen the when I saw the photos, it it just made everything real, and like that made that showed me the the importance of documentation because you know it really we our brains you know I always kind of joke and say you know a lot of people do but like you know if there's no pictures it didn't happen. You know, and, you know, a lot of that is a lot of that is because of our this Internet Instagram world that we live in. But in the same sense, like just even in like taking up occupying space in our minds, like, you know, if there's shit that happened in that. Sorry, can I cut on here? Absolutely. <laughs> let it let it flow, brother. <laughs> if there's if there's is, is there, that's actually funny. I've always I've always wanted to I always wanted to be on a broadcast and ask if I could. Is it proper? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the pictures, the pictures, the pictures. Yeah, yeah. Making the making the making the connection. Um, and you know, I say like once you actually see these see photos, it it makes it real to you. And so I understood the, the importance of documentation. So like that has been documentation has been a really important thing to me. So to ultimately ask your question about like what I want to get out of photography, like. I want to, I'm very attached to photography and the act of taking photos and the people on the other side of the lens and the things that I give my time to. So like one part, just the act of photography to me is somewhat of a tribute to people that, you know, I have high regard for, respect for, or X, Y, and Z, you know, because with my photography, like my, my goal is always to try and make, you know, you, whoever is in front of the lens, you know, look as awesome as possible, you know, and it's like, and it's one type of things where it's like a lot of times, you know, I enjoy the fact that people look at photos of themselves or look at photos at events that they attended and things like that. And they get like this rush of the way that, you know, you, that I've captured it and that makes them feel good. It makes me feel good, you know, to see people get that reaction. So from that sense, it's a little bit of a dopamine rush, you know what I mean? Well, and like then, a, a lot of times that, that that photo is the only thing you have left after that moment. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, like, to me, you know, like, it's like, say, it's a little more dramatic than I'm sure a lot of people, you know, think of it. But, you know, like, like I said, a lot of times photos and things like that are there for me to other people. They're, they're, they're tributes, they're, they're mementos, they're things that I hope that you keep for a long time. But, you know, ultimately, like I said, with photography, I just want to show, I want to show the diversity of Cincinnati, of the world, and I want to show black people in a strong in a strong positive light you know that a lot of times we don't get you know so like ultimately i just hope that photography can that i can use photography to to make as many people feel good good about themselves and the world around them as i can honestly i think on i think on that note uh you and uh and frank you know frank yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, Frank Young. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's taking photos of me. He's uh, uh, he helped me out with some beard oil products as well. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Frank's the man, and he's also in, in that light of of showing black people in, in a strong light. Uh, you guys are on the same yeah. same, same level on, on on that for sure. Shout out to Frank. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. The, as far as things meaning a lot to you. I want to keep that rolling. Um, so I know that you are, uh, you are alumni at mortar and I personally know yes. things that mortar have done 
um, and a very, very positive outlook for this city. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly minorities, uh, although there's mm-hmm. absolutely no discrimination to go down there and learn some great things about being an entrepreneur or, or yeah, absolutely. building connections and community. But right. I, I know you that you feel strongly about it. I know they just recently celebrated an anniversary of some sort. Uh, five year, I believe. So with that five year and with what you've been able to build from your experience there, mortar, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? When you hear that word attached to your experience there, what does mortar mean mm-hmm. to you? Um, it's it honestly dude, it just it means uh, it means support and uh and a willingness to uh help people that you know, that oftentimes get overlooked or just don't have any help. Uh, you know, I was not, uh, I was not confident when I joined Mortar that, you know, I personally was good enough or prepared, um, for Mortar and it all, you know, culminates in a pitch night competition. And once I actually like got myself, like, you know, uh, uh, William Thomas, one of the, uh, uh, co-founders of Mortar was the person that was, pushing me to sign up for it and i once he finally talked me into it he's a great guy um, i was just like man I'm, <laughs> he's a great yeah, guy yeah billy's good yeah billy's dope once he once he uh once he, he convinced me to do it um i was still just kind of like i'm just gonna i'm just here to absorb the knowledge i'm not here for competition like you know because i'm not good enough to win anyway but like i'm here for all the knowledge and you know whatever i went through it and and the program was great. And then, like, I messed around and actually won the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. They <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't, did not expect that in the least bit. But I mean, just, I mean, honestly, the, the knowledge that I got from it, the connections that I've been able to get from it, Mortar themselves has continued to hire me to do photography for their events and take their headshots for each of their incoming classes since I left. So, I mean, like, so it's been a great, it's been a, a great, connection support group learning opportunity for myself and and many others i mean shoot literally there's a mortar there's a mortar business on my block there's some mortar businesses a couple blocks away from me like you know so it's dope <laughs> so that, that sense of community uh and i personally know that there are mortar alumni spread across the globe this isn't just a local thing and mm-hmm. uh like even with this community spread amongst the globe, like it's still that tight for you. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the pe- I mean, most of the people are most of the people are here in Cincinnati currently, but they are starting to they are starting to spread it into other cities. I think Milwaukee is one that's coming up. Maybe I feel like they said maybe somewhere. Don't quote me on any of this. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> somewhere like some like like uh, I don't know, maybe. Cleveland or Indianapolis or something. I don't know. But yeah, they're they're spreading they're spreading over they're spreading out now over the country and now they're actually moved it into northern Kentucky now. There's about to be a northern Kentucky class. So yeah, man, they're 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 working it. Like I said, they they've gotten national attention and to the point where people are reaching out to them and saying, Hey, how can you do what you did for Cincinnati for our city? I'm glad that that's that's a positive experience that you've had here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh and this this next piece is definitely going to go into the documentation part of of things, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. Instagram Live or Instagram Stories or Instagram posts. Um, uh-huh. This is definitely just this will be the activism uh, activism portion for anybody that doesn't mm. <laughs> that just wants to tune out now. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, like that, like that, who was like, wasn't somebody, so what Seth Meyers put the, uh, put the part in his, uh, in his Netflix, his last Netflix stand up where it was like, you was like, press the button right now if you want to skip, if you want to skip Trump jokes. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> but it, but did, did you, have you seen that? I did. I just, I, I watched it a couple nights ago. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> but the uh, and there's a a couple things in the the activism part here that I want to touch on. Um, uh-huh. Number one, uh, like I've known you for a handful of years now, and yeah. I've and you've been open about it on your social media um, outlets uh, about not being okay. 
um, depression, anxiety. I'm, I'm assuming is wrapped up in that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And you've been open about talking about that. Uh, and not not too far, but you're definitely open about saying like, mm -hmm. "Look, dude, I'm not okay, and that's okay to not be okay." Mm -hmm. And I'm just yeah. working through it, man. I'm working through it, and I appreciate yeah. everybody talking to me. The yeah. talking publicly about your own struggles. How big of a hurdle was that for you, or did it just feel natural because you're used to this documentation that's been embedded in your life no, since you were young? I mean, definitely wasn't easy by any uh, standpoint because, like, that was a. I mean, I would I would definitely say for me personally that was that was another level of like opening up to you know whatever you want to call it you know your audience or whatever yeah, but yeah. like i was just like going i was i was just, i was i mean just can't, i can't you know put it any 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 you know simpler it's just like i was going through it like you know and it was just like a situation where it was just like everything was just getting too much for me to just contain. And I am, I am, you know, like I'm habitually a container, like, you know, and, and that's one of the type of things where it's like, you know, I guess, you know, it's, I, you know, I can't say that I've ever felt the way that I felt at that time, you know, but, you know, a, a pot eventually boils over, you know what I mean? So like, it was just one of, and it was one of those type of things where I just felt like, I got to the point where it was just like, I just, I need, I have been keeping so much shit in, like, did I just need it to like, I just needed to vomit it out for one, for my own good, <laughs> and like two, and like if one for my own good, and then just two for, so it's like a simple thought where it's just like, I just know, I just know too many people for, for individual conversations with everybody. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> What's the best way? So I, I've definitely been depressed. And mm -hmm. a big part of this podcast for me is it's almost a selfish thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But I want... Like, Most I, art is. Like I want, I want to understand more about things I don't understand. So I, I definitely yeah. have been depressed because I was just let down in some sense. Mm -hmm. uh, as far mm -hmm. as like an ongoing depression uh, and even anxiety, mm -hmm. which is always closely tied with depression. Uh, right. What is it like just on it, like when it's really bad? What is it like on a daily basis? Uh, I just don't deal with it, mm -hmm. so I don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. Like, you know, I know, I, I absolutely know that it's uncontrollable and you, the, like, yeah. I get that side of it. I just don't know what it is. I mean, I think everybody deals, you know, I mean, I think, I think how it onsets with everyone, at least from conversations <laughs> that I've, you know, had with people since having, you know, my issues and just people, you know, trying to like be there and be like, yo, I understand. I go through this stuff too or whatever. It's just like, I feel like general conversations are like everybody kind of, you know, it, it, it comes on everybody a little bit different, but like, there's kind of just like some general things like, you know, tightness in your chest and not being able to breathe or like, you know, I mean, just like, you know, there's like physical things that will happen to you sometime. And like, those are more of the like, you know, you know, can sometimes be the more universal ways that it happens. But it's just like, I mean, for me personally, it's just like, you know, I, I have a, I'm very, I'm very analytical and like, you know, I, I, I process everything like very in depth and like sometimes that can overwhelm me and you know it's, and it's just like I can't I, I'll, I will have so many so many thoughts and feelings that like I can't and then I can't get any of it out and then it's just like and then <laughs> I've I, been there and, before. and then I like and then I and then I start to spiral and then I start to spiral because like then I'm feeling bad about not being able to get it out <laughs> and it's just like a, you know what i mean and it can just be like a you know just that in itself can just like be like a vicious anxiety cycle you know what i mean because like i'm constantly because i'm you know whatever i'm, I'm a, you know i'm an empath or whatever like two on that sense where it's just like i'm also like i'm it's weird because it's like i get tunnel vision and i like because i know myself too well where i'm just like sometimes i have to just introvert to accomplish anything absolutely you know what i mean but like at the same time, 
at the same time, like I'm, you know, like I care about, you know, everybody in the feelings and everything else. So, you know, it can be like a weird, it can be a weird place to be like, you know, I don't want to be around anyone and, you know, I'm worried about everyone. <laughs> and I also, I really wanted to get your viewpoint on this. Uh, I know you were down there documenting uh, the, the protests that happened downtown. There's certainly... Yeah tons of articles that could certainly point anyone in any one direction regardless of how they really want to feel about protesting peacefully or looting that uh, may have happened that did that happen down there mm-hmm. you were documenting mm-hmm. it uh i mm-hmm. i believe i watched live feeds of yours i watched live feeds of my mm-hmm. boy will webb which that motherfucker mm-hmm. somebody needs to buy that dude a new car or something <laughs> like what <laughs> what 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 my boy will did uh during uh the early parts of those protests which i understand why he needed uh-huh. to kind of lightly shut shit down uh with uh-huh. what my dude will did needed to be widely documented that, that it was the most unbiased vision of anything i've ever seen what he do? Uh, he was he was live during pretty much the first two weeks of everything that happened down there. Oh, oh, you mean okay? You mean okay? You mean being out there and capturing it? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Like just as far as documenting what was actually really going down. Like there were yeah. scenes, there were scenes uh, there were scenes I I would watch on his live feed where he's literally pouring milk into someone's eyes who had been tear gassed. Yeah. And Channel Five yeah. has them in the background of their frame. And they're saying, these kids have gallon jugs and they're all full of liquor. And I'm like, dude, he's literally pouring milk on a guy's eyes. (laughs) Right. Like, wow. But for you, especially with your your father's past, what did it it mean to you to be down there documenting that? And what did you see down there? Like, what was it? peaceful from what you saw or was it not so or was it mixed like what was it that you saw so yeah so just just backtracking just a little bit once again loaded questions man that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're good uh, yeah, just back there, just backtracking just a little bit, like you said, just like did see that what you were talking about, like with the with the news with the news people, um, un, 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 you know, talking about what was happening. The local that news did a very very bad point. job on showing what was actually that's, happening. Right, and that's my and that's my point. See, that's 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 why that's why it's important. That's why it's important that I'm out there. That's why it's important that Will's out there. That's why it's important that Frank's out there. That's why it's important that Dubs is out there. That's why, you know what I mean? Like that's why that's that's why these things are important because you know the you know you, you already look at the way that we learn. I'm getting real deep here, but it's like you already looking at the way that you already look at the way that we learn history in school. You know, you know who the heroes are. You know who the you know who the who the auxiliary secondary characters in history were you know what i mean like everything the, the story always gets told by the man with the gun every time you know what i mean you know what i mean so 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 when you're out here on these streets and you're you know what i mean you're, you're protesting and stuff like this and you got you got curfew you got the gustapo you know you got all tear gas you got all this stuff going on and they're trying to they're trying to keep you from take from from me from taking pictures they're trying to keep you out of the street so if they can control if they can control the people and they can control the information and they can control the story of what happened. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If so, you like they, so I mean, with arresting uh, members of the media and pushing members of the media away, like what do you think they're going to do to a guy that's right, trying I've to show talked, a few thousand people on Instagram what's really happening? I've talked to so I've talked to so many white people who lead into talking about because uh, once again, you know, because there's, cause there's like, so I always say, bro, like always say words matter. Words mean things, you know, like I don't care what, who is in office right now, words mean things and you pick your words appropriately or, or you know, what I mean, like if you say something, you say something because you got, because there's a meaning behind it. So when I talk about this, I always say protest. When white people talk about it, they say, I'm not saying we'll generalize here, but I've talked to I've talked to some white people who are like who go straight to riot. Absolutely. You know? 
the have you were, were you out there for the riots? Like, no, I was out there for the protests, motherfucker. Well, and the like, thing, the why, the, the the hypocrisy that that blows up for me there is it, especially with what happened downtown, as far as the looting mm-hmm. and because uh, mm-hmm. it really wasn't any rioting, it was definitely some looting that mm-hmm. happened. But that was. Yeah. If we're gonna look at if they're gonna look at that and say it was a few bad seeds that make this whole thing lose its meaning, then you really yeah, need to apply I, that same thing to other aspects. Like you can't, you can't like, cut like, it like off the there. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And I think that we all do get it. Like we all get it with this police brutality. Like I, I, I totally understand the system, uh, systemic racism for sure that's embedded. But with with these cop situations, like it is a few, well, not a few. It's more than a few, <laughs> but it is. It is. There are there are bad apples that are making a bad name for other people. You know what I mean? But like, it has to stop because our tax dollars are paying for this protection? Question mark. Well, the, the the problem the problem is like you know I mean the part of the problem is that it's the hypo- it's the hypocrisy of it's the hypocrisy of of those who you know who oppose you know because like honestly it's like i have a hard time even saying it like the 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 the, the people who oppose like what the fuck like the people who oppose black lives like what the fuck are you opposing like you know what i mean like so just that in itself but like for but i say the hypocrisy of those of those who oppose is that like you'll like you said you'll sit here and say that the cops are a few bad apples but if but if but if if but if twenty people but if twenty people out of a thousand break something, the whole thousand is bad. Exactly. Like, where's, exactly. Where's your, fuck, where's your fucking Where's your fucking logic? You know, just on on that. You know, and, and, and neither one is. You know, whatever. It's just like the, the, those are the things that you keep coming back to when you have these arguments because it's like you can always justify it. You can always justify something when it fits what you you know what you want to be right, and that's the mo of. Fucking Donald Trump. Is there's like, a there's a statistic to prove everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But 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 but, the, but these people don't want to listen to. They don't want to listen to anything that has actual to do with with logic. It's just you want to. They just want to bend words in any way that they can to prove their point, you know, but I mean, the same deal, you get a lot of, you know, like no disrespect here. I mean, it's going to sound like it, but it's like, you get these Bible thumpers and it's the same deal where it's like, you use, you use the, for the history of forever, people have been tra- twisting the words of the Bible just to make their point. Absolutely. And then if you happen to bring up the crusades, nobody wants to talk about that. Oh yeah, never exactly. Because you only talk about what you only talk about what 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 is in favor of your point. I just saw something. I just saw something a few weeks ago um, where a a a singer from a Christian rock band, like a, like a, had been doing this for ten, fifteen years or something. Like he, they were a big band. He announced that he was quitting the band because he no longer believed in God. Yeah, yeah, I saw and something he, about that. Yeah, so he put this whole long message on Instagram. I read the whole thing, and at one part of it, he talks about how he was starting to question, and he says in his questioning, he went to, you know, his priest or what have you, you know, asked him, you know, some of the questions that were bothering him, X, Y, and Z. You know, he said, you know, if God is so, you know, if God is so great and loving and X, Y, and Z, why is he so angry? Why is he so vengeful? Why does he murder so much in the Bible? If God is so nice, oh, if God is so powerful— why does he allow this to happen? Oh, I've got, you know, so he asks all these questions and the priest says to him, like, basically says, like, you know, and I can say, I don't know, I don't know my Bible stuff like that. So I could be saying the wrong <laughs> thing, but like, basically, the, basically, basically, the, basically the priest was like, oh, you can't listen to the, you can't listen to the Old Testament. You can't listen to the Old Testament. It was, it, it, the Old Testament was, 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 was written by man and has a whole bunch of, you know, you know, uh, missed miss things because man manipulated it. And he says to his priest, "Well, wasn't the New Testament written by man?" And his priest, and his priest, and his, and his, and his priest, and his priest's answer was, "Yes, you just have to believe." And there are people that are definitely on one side or the other. There, like people are strictly New Testament or Old Testament, for sure. Right, but but I mean, even, I mean, but even think about that. Like the simple fact that you've got people following what is considered the same religion but using the book that they prefer oh 100 percent, 100 percent. 
but be that like that is you know like I said that's the that's the that's the hypocrisy in all of this. But I mean, like I said, you know we could talk. You know, there's there's a million rabbit holes you can go here because the unfortunate part is racism goes back to everything. religion the police like you name it and there are you know it's not it's not one of those things where it's like oh you know you're you're sensitive it's just like no if you actually go and do the research all of these things have have roots in the ground that were based their their existence in keeping black people segregated separated and down well, like just for an example, and this is 100% my point of view that I've had for a very long time on all this, especially when people say mm-hmm. that racism is better or whatever that is. Um, so, like, your parents, how old are your parents? Uh, 65. So they were born, they were born in the 50s, right? Yeah. So in in the early '60s, your parents in public had to drink from water fountains that clearly said "blacks." Yeah, my my parents were born. My parents were born into segregation. Right. So so when yeah. I like I try to explain to people, like people that think that they were were so far removed. I'm thirty five. Right. I'm thirty five years old. I have friends that are black that have parents that were alive and had to drink from a different water fountain because of the color of their skin. You cannot tell me that we are that far removed from this shit. And I'm not telling right. I'm not telling everyone that they're stupid. I'm just telling people you need to realize things. Like this is a real fucking thing. Like this isn't some shit that people were like, "Oh, slavery ended hundreds of years ago." Like people drank from different have, water fountains. Have, Come on. It's fucking I have, ridiculous. I have had, I have had in-depth conversations with a with a great aunt whose mother was a slave. That's nuts. <laughs> like that's <laughs> you know crazy I mean? to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know that 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 kind of that kind of crazy stuff. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you you that's a and I think that's the part that like you know can you know, uh, frustrate black people is because it's like, it's, it's, it's so dismissive, the way, even when it's not, even when it's not intentional, it's so dismissive how so many white people talk about slavery. Like it's this ancient thing because they don't, because they have, they don't have any connection to it. And we live it in there. There's so many of us that literally live with it. And I'm not talking about living with racism. I'm like talking about, you know, like I said, our fucking parents, our grandparents, our, you know what I mean? Like we, I've heard the stories from my grandpa, you know, and, and, you know, you've got people in your family who, man, dude, last summer I went and did like a family, um, like a family union type thing. Haven't really done that with my family in years and years and years and years and man just the stories that my that some of my uncles were telling me about stuff that the police did to them when they were teenagers stuff that just white people did to them when they were you know when they were teenagers little kids college it doesn't matter hey they you literally black people get terrorized from <laughs> from the time they come out to the time they die <laughs> and it's it's just sad it's sad to me and it it's sad to me because I have so many friends of all kinds of different backgrounds and I treat everyone yeah. like I, you know me personally and you've been around me yeah. uh, uh, when there were people around that you didn't know that I knew outside of different circles and you could vouch that I yeah. treated that dude exactly the same way I treated you. Absolutely. Outside of the one dude uh, when we were at the drinkery and he was coked out of his mind, I had to, I had to, uh, yeah. I had to escape that situation. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> so, but I mean, like I said, I mean, it's not fucking rocket science, you know. Absolutely. To treat to treat one person just like the last person. Absolutely. <laughs> so to leave this, to leave a lot of this on a on a really positive note, I know that you absolutely love the Queen City. You love Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What qualities absolutely draw you to love the Queen City? What is it about this city outside of like the best uh, backgrounds that a photographer could ever ask for? <laughs> uh, what yeah. what uh, what do you love about this city? 
I mean, honestly, I mean, it's it's a it's a connection that I've made with the people here. You know, honestly, it's like you know, I just there's so much you know, and the the people in general, but like especially like the you know, I obviously it's like I'm very always very tied to the arts community, be it like say be it uh, uh, photography, whether it be music, you know, whatever. Like I see, I've gotten to you know make relationships with a lot of great people in the city, and like I see so much. I see so much talent and potential in Cincinnati and I, you know, I did just, it just, when, when you see, when I see people, when I see people and they, you know, they've got talent and just maybe it's not going in the right direction or maybe they don't know how to like utilize it the most. Like I want to, like, I always want to like help that because I just want good things to have, you know, I just want, if I, if I'm going to be someplace, I want that place that I'm going to be at to be the best place it can be. Right. Absolutely. So, I, you know what I mean? So like, so it's just, it's just that I see the potential in Cincinnati. I see the potential in Cincinnati. And you know, like I said, you know, it's you can go to a, you can go to a, a New York, you can go to a California, you can go to Chicago, whatever. And, you know, just be in the midst of it. But like, there's, there's something to be said for building something you know and that goes from an individual standpoint to a broader city standpoint and like Cincinnati to me seems like a place that is ripe to build and I'm a builder so it's the work <laughs> so with the potential you see here in this city what what's coming in the future that you're definitely looking forward to like are you excited about uh, certainly the after COVID. after after the covid thing <laughs> Uh, as far as like uh, <laughs> potential events at uh, FC Cincinnati Stadium, um, mm-hmm. like what are you excited? Like what's coming up uh, that you're looking forward to, despite the the, the COVID regulations? Man, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, from like on a specific level, like nothing. Like, <laughs> but on a broader level, like you know, I'm just I'm looking forward personally to just continuing to you know take whatever you know i mean take this time period that we're in one day at a time and try and get as much out of it as i possibly can because you know you can you can you can look at this situation and you can wallow in what's uncomfortable you can wallow in what you're not used to doing you can wallow in what you miss or you can just get get you actively adapting to your situation and making it as as comfortable as it is until, you know, hopefully it's over. So I'm just looking forward to, like I said, I was going through it before all of this stuff started. Like it was a weird time in my life to even have to deal with this. So my whole thing is I'm just looking forward to coming out on the other side of this as a better person than I came into it. My man. (laughs) But I definitely, uh, and that was the end of my questions, but I did, uh, I loaded you up, and I apologize for that. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was good to talk to you, and those were definitely some things that I wanted to, to, to ask you about just to understand where where you're at. And, yeah. Uh, but, no, thanks for being on. Uh, literally, throw out, throw out your shout-outs. Throw out your pages, man. Let people uh, know where they can buy. Like, my man's got prints for sale, and... There are dope ass <laughs> yeah, pictures yeah, that yeah. the Great American Ballpark uh, print, which I'm gonna be ordering because them them taxes hey. just hit. <laughs> hey, uh, you know it's like you know it's like it's funny. I just I just I just uh, I just got like literally just a couple of days ago. I just I just got myself a personal one for the house. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Congrats. But yeah. Oh yeah. But, but yeah. So. My, thank you, man. So yeah, my photography. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said I guess we. Did, I never really did talk about it. I I do I do a lot. I do a lot of portraiture, concert photography, shots of the city. I've been covering the protests. Um, if you want to see the depths of my work, Instagram is a great place. If you're on it, uh, I am at Call Me Ride Out pretty much everywhere on the face of the earth. It's C A L L M E R I D E O U T all together. Call Me Ride Out. If you want to check out my prints, it's shop dot call me right out dot com shop dot call me right out dot com super easy and my website is just call me right out dot com so you can find me all over the place the internet's call me right out you'll find me <laughs> i mean my my dudes literally worked with everybody that's a model in the city 
I've seen tons of photos. Uh, like, dude, your shit's good, man. Your shit's good. I'm not trying to stroke the ego. You're just doing good work. Uh, I appreciate you, bro. I'm just trying to get better, dude. Uh, when it when it's feasible, we need to see each other face to face because I miss you. Um, Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. th- thank you for thank you absolutely for being on. You're one hell of a dude, and I'm glad that uh, I know you in life. Hey, no, thank you, dude. I appreciate you uh, even wanting to talk to me on this thing, and you know, glad to uh, glad that we crossed paths all those years ago. Like you said at the beginning, like I know, like when you were starting the when you were starting the uh, the the beard oil, the beast beard oil, and you, you were know, all about it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, it was could always, you know, good to have that energy when you just, you know, stepping out on, on some shit. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah man. i appreciate you man whatever you need i got you